funny because we are eating a lot of rich buttery things right now. We got our we got our quiche Lorraine. We got um, the uh, what was that a monkey bite? We got a uh, croissant. We got uh, oh, pan chocolate. We have a little pile of treats. Yeah, this is this is this is the this is the Sunday ritual. We the the week that we didn't do podcast or the two weeks or whatever, um, our kids were extremely upset that we weren't doing podcasts because they didn't get to sit and eat their pastries. No, alone. I think we should have alone. Though. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we're helping. Oh yeah, definitely you are. We're babysitting right now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go with season ten. everybody welcome back to pack your mics the top chef program from the creators of read it and weep this is a very special rewatch kickoff episode we are starting our rewatch of season 10 of top chef the seattle season i am alex um continuing uh with our hosting program i'm uh, in los angeles with megan hey buddy hello also joining us in northern california it's ez and sarah and a my little pony movie hello hello open up your eyes that, for Friendship the, is magic. Yeah, for the people who get that Milo Pony thing, that's that's good. It's good stuff. It's good to open your eyes. Well, that's there's a there's a there's a, just a banger uh, at the like like two thirds of the way through the movie. It's like the villain song. It's really good. Ooh, that's the villain song. Yeah, oh. villain always slap. They're always yeah. love villain songs. No, and like just saying, like em- Emily Blunt, like like really crushes in this one. It's doing a good a good Pony American accent, I guess, as well. <laughs> I'm not all about this movie. Is the American Pony the villain? Uh, well, I mean, they're all generally, I guess, except for Rarity, they're all generally uh, American. Uh, oh, okay, I thought you say they're all villains, which would be a very different My Little Pony. No, 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 that's 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 uh, Applejack has a oh, Applejack. Rarity. Rarity is legit. I think supposed to be British, British pony. British pony. Anyway, keep on going. Anyway, guys. Um, yeah. So she might do dressage. Um, it's funny how we did so much horse talk last week and then it's all ponies this week also joining us um in brooklyn new york it's chris and tanya hey hey i wish my name were rarity (laughs) (laughs) we can rebrand you if you want no i don't know just open your eyes tanya rarity smavis (laughs) (laughs) open your eyes rarity smavis i don't know i don't think i can handle it i think i'd have to grow up with the name rarity to really embody it now you know oh yeah You'd have to, to to have the confidence to own it. Never too late to be rare. I don't, that's your song. Um, also joining us in Los Angeles, it's new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, you two. Nay. <laughs> Crushed it. Excellent horse reference. So like I said, we're rewatching season 10. So we have a bunch of stuff to get to today. The first thing I want to talk about with you guys, since we didn't have, this is probably a meeting we could have had beforehand. Well, let's do it in public. So we're watching a season that has been out for, you know, six, seven years, um, five years, um, eight. It's hard to tell. What is our feeling on how are we going to do this with spoilers? Because there's no way we can get through a whole season without talking about the future. Well, I also- challenge you because I only remember the one big spoiler about this season. And I was it was like I was waking up from a long dream to watch this again. Yeah, I got I got a lot of stuff wrong while we were watching the episode. Well, obviously, this is not. Chris was like, I don't think that this person makes it in, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they do, though. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you will not be getting any spoilers from me because my brain interesting itself. Yeah, failed spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'll just say that, like, if you're listening to this and you're watching Top Chef season ten for the first time, 
I cannot promise that we will be pristine. Um, we'll, we'll try not to be too specific or uh, overemphasize any of them, but they may sneak out from here and here and then. Was well, so what if you guys here and there? That's what I meant. Or now and then, not here and then. Mm, yeah, um, um, if so, from your foggy dreams, um, what are your besides the big spoiler? What are your vague memories of season ten? What is your feels dump in the past about season ten? I was frustrated by it. Yeah. yeah, some frustration and some stuff on, possibly because of each other. Yeah. yeah, possibly hanging out. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, but he's also not in this first episode, so yeah, we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, we, we get, don't know he's there. This episode, we only get three villains in John, Tessar, Josh, and Carla, and then they'll bring in two new villains, Josie and Stefan, tomorrow. Yeah, I think we actually have some other <clears throat> villains on this watch. Yeah, um, that was eliminated quite well. Fast. They're eliminated villains, that's true. Yeah, we got um got racist Daniel. Yes, thank okay, you. The racist oh guy. shit, we did we noticed that too. That was a, a <laughs> I real was so I was cool. so hoping that that was real and not just that I was like I was hoping someone else would like confirm this. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh confirmed, I, confirmed. Yeah, confirmed for sure. I was I, I thought I must have misheard him because there's no way he would just say a racist thing in front of a camera. But then her face and them using the clip of her reaction makes me think the elves believe it to have been a racist uh, thing. So yes. right. So this is Daniel talking about Japanese O'Brien. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, about Kaniko, uh, who is um, super rad, and I don't remember her whole journey, but I feel I have like frustrating vibes coming from her. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like she's going to have a tough road even after this, but um yeah just uh just just real gross and and out of nowhere it, i i don't want to be smart seattle because i love the city uh i really love the vibe but like daniel is a very real like pacific northwest dude who's like mm-hmm. yeah my place is top rated on yelp I thought he's from yeah DC. he's from washington dc not that oh, washington. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, i was so oh, i'm so glad that oh, happened i was oh like he does have but it's weird because i agree he does have pacific <laughs> northwest guy vibe yeah it still checks out kyle yeah. actually, I think, guy lives everywhere in the united states i'm a, sorry yeah there's yeah, a yeah, type of crossover between well but i i do think seattle has like there is just like that sort of like tech bro community in seattle and dc has like the politics bro community yeah like they have they have they share a lot of the same fleecy vests you know (laughs) quarter zips yeah quarter zips what is that (laughs) useless (laughs) don't tell that to my father (laughs) (laughs) man um so he does fortunately though get eliminated for his um omelet as well as his personality being a little too greasy yeah um can we talk about the structure of this because this is one of my all-time yeah we're gonna get get to that i want to do a little bit more sorry i want to do a little bit more just feels dump about this season like things that because i have some i have some vague memories of it like i this is definitely the season with the pickle incident yep um just make a good burger and yeah there's also the crazy cruise ship that i remember where they cook in the restaurant that's like, our thing is bad plating. And then the judges have to pretend that that's cool. Because yeah. it's an ad. My most overwhelming memory of the season, and I think it this episode is really indicative of that, is that it felt like they called it Seattle and didn't want to spend any time in Seattle or engaging yes. with the food culture of the Pacific Northwest at all. Like, this is an episode that starts in 
uh, two different places in Los Angeles and then one place in Vegas. And it has in nothing Atlanta, to do with, right? with yeah. Oh, that, and Atlanta? Yeah. yeah and Empire State South in uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's right. I thought one of them was in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Wolfgang. Wolfgang is. Yeah, Wolfgang. Yeah. Wolfgang and yeah. Emerald were in Vegas. Then Tom was LA. In LA. You was at Oh my Hot god. Lana. Guys, I don't even have permanence for this episode really for one day. One oh, day. you're right, you're right, right. Emerald was the one who was in Vegas. Two oh, LA, see. one Vegas, one Atlanta. Anyway. Okay. Um, so it is, yeah. It's it's just not it's not anything to do with Seattle. And I'm fine with like they often had an introductory episode in Los Angeles before they went to the city in the past, but this is just really like setting the table, haha, chef jokes for like <laughs> a whole season that just really I I felt like at the time didn't want to engage in the place it was set in. And I'm curious to see if I feel that way again. Yeah. yeah. I think you will is my memory. And I did, but I don't want to take away from your very serious point, but the way when in your angry voice, you made a chef pun and acknowledged it and continued the angry voice was very funny. There should yeah. be a lot more. Yeah. Uh, puns mid rant, I think. In, in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, don't let it distract you. But also that was a good pun. Acknowledge the pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Feels yeah, they do not. Oh, go ahead. Engage in a ton with it, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys about it is because we have three Seattleites um, on the show, so we're going to talk a lot about its successes and failings with Seattle yeah. food culture. Uh, three and five Northwesterners, I would yeah. say. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Seattle. I'm a East Side man. I'm Sammamish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Woodenville up in this hizzy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So All right. one Seattle one person. Seattleite. Then I think we've established. And Hi, a lot of us have lived for the people in that Washington. were curious. Wallingford. Yeah, we, yeah, we, I had residency. I think I voted at one point uh, legally in the state of Washington. In the state of Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so we have some of that. I, I guess what so what you're saying is you did not growing up um, either on Seattle or on the east side spend a lot of time um, uh, foraging for gooey ducks. That was not a huge part of your food culture. Oh, we went clamming certainly. Oh, you okay. don't have to forage. You just pick them off the trees, man. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. So let's get into this episode then. The other thing, I guess, my main memory is that this ep- this season is too full of junk, uh, of just like people, um, having fights and, 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 and some, just some bad personality stuff. And uh. so what I've decided, what I decided watching this episode is I'm going to try to be more Ezra about this season. Mm, two mm. Ezra's on this show. What, what does gonna, that mean to you? I'm going to try to, whatever it is. Find the good in people. I'm going to try to find a reason to like these people who are on TV yeah. instead of just being mad and letting them ruin my time. So, oh, well, I, yeah, I was like, were you just going to zag on everything? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, at every pitch, it's also really hard coming off an all star ish season like what we just watched. Um, to, to realize, like, okay, like, it's pretty clear, especially like having you know f- foreknowledge of this that like you take a look at like brooke and Kristen, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know you know a few others like even john tezard you know makes it pretty far and, and you know he's a pretty good chef despite the personality stuff he's working through that like you look at <laughs> other folks who just were kind of like made the cut but kind like tyler and micah and you're well, like you, like all of um wolfgang's <laughs> people who he was like it's really important that these are perfect and then they were all garbage they were yeah. all garbage I, yeah. omelets i didn't understand why he couldn't just like be more brutal like, yeah they must have had a, a higher quota than we realized because yeah. i really right. when he said we could like send one it, it must have been at least three yeah, oh, yeah. Where, 
In the last two weeks, I've made better omelets than every person. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, for sure. The, the craziest even thing, though, just, like yeah. technically better omelets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even you, just the concepting on so many of these, I was like, I wouldn't order this in a restaurant. No, like, what horrifying. is happening here? Yeah. No. How much crap did you pile on top of a brown omelet? To, well, like, yeah. Yeah, like the classic. T- anyway, okay, we're coming. We're coming back. Yeah, coming back, I'm sorry. Back, I'm sorry. As, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like, then you thing. have Brooke, who's like, you know, head chef at Michael's, and like all this other stuff, and she's just like, yeah, I made you an amazing soup. And I mean, or, yeah, no, Brooke and, uh, Brooke salad, and Kristen, sorry. Yeah, Brooke's yeah. was a salad, and Kristen made like one of the best soups he'd ever had. Like both of those were like, we'd put this on the menu today. So having that level of genius with a lot of people who kind of slid in is is an interesting setup. Yes. Um. The the last thing I was reading a uh, a couple of reviews of this episode from the time uh, contemporary reviews and one of the things that they were suggesting <laughs> some historical research some histor- yeah some yeah. some, some <laughs> historical primary research, source research um, primary digging into the archives <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, I think it was Entertainment Weekly wrote was basically like this season's press junket before it started was basically Padma apologizing for how bad season nine was so. Oh, wow. Season nine, Texas, if you recall. Oh, um, yeah. Paul. oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So the only nice person on the show was Paul, who turned out to not be so nice. Yeah. Yes. And then also, yeah. So there's a lot of like weird bullying on the show. And also a lot of like the show just disrespecting the chefs. Yes. The long all nighter chili challenge. The one oh, where. Oh, that was um, brutal. They had to like literally ski and shoot to earn ingredients. Wait, yeah, was, that the, yeah. was, he, was that the Pee Wee's? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Pee Wee's yeah, bicycle one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, the chiseling out of the block of ice after of the ski and shoot. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, like they went so hard on reality crap on season nine. And then Padma's like all her press was like, we're very sorry. And this season is going to be better chefs and we're going to treat them with more respect. And this is our proof of that is that we're opening with like an episode called Ultimate Chef Challenge, where people are like in restaurants doing open ended challenges, being very chefy. Yeah. And I so that's so that's kind of an interesting framing for how it would have felt coming out of Texas, which is a little yeah. different yeah. from coming off All Stars, where they just did like one of the best seasons ever. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, listen, Sheldon on my TV is always good, man. That mm-hmm. dude's a ray oh, of sunshine. Man. He's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Hang yeah. loose a little bit, Chris. Yeah, it is. It is fun to see the faves and in their like initial introduction and just like how how young they look, and then you suddenly baby are like, Seymour. Yeah. 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 We got a cameo. Too little for this world. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's ready. just yeah. And she then you're more time in the oven, chef. She was so sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you she realize, so like, wow, they've so they've like grown that. so much. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm so grizzled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I too would have been like happy and young when this was happening. Um. Anyway, okay. So that's our like background information. Let's talk about today's episode. So the episode Ultimate Chef Challenge. Is a basically a play in to the show. So more chefs than they need are divvied up among four judges' restaurants. Um, Tom working at Craft LA, Emerald was at one of his restaurants in Vegas, Wolfgang was at an airport, presumably, and um, Hugh was in his uh, flagship restaurant in Atlanta. And they each got to give a challenge to a group of five chefs and keep as many or as few as they want, allegedly. Right. Although um, somehow between all four contest, uh, contests, you need 16 chefs out of it. So, Well, right. And we do know that next week they add back in some quote all-stars, um, yes. some, some returning chefs. And so I assume that they were flexible that way, where the, the more chefs that 
got taken the fewer all stars they'd put in yeah and that was their flex so there were like probably a bunch of like returning chefs sitting in a bullpen somewhere hoping to get called up and not and not all <laughs> just did just staying oh warm gosh, just throwing terrible. throwing throwing dishes back and forth to the catcher <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, hanging right. out in the glad rage pantry did that, <laughs> did that exist this season i actually don't know <laughs> i don't know like you think a returning chef would just be like yeah i might do this I well mean, I have to... we don't know how much time was in between so uh, for okay. sure there was there are people who are like you might be on the show you're an alternate we'll call you I don't think they were actually in the pantry. I think they were probably at home in their <laughs> restaurants wondering if they were going to get the call to do TV. But that'd be my guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that, I would. all of these shows have to have alternates because people get sick or change their mind or whatever. True. Um, I don't know that for sure about this, but that's my guess. And it makes sense with the flexibility. But um, So each of them had a different challenge to decide who they're going to bring in. So we open with Tom, who's cha- who challenges his five chefs to just be free work- labor. To be... <laughs> Yeah, or to stage, maybe. Yeah, to just work in his restaurant doing actual prep and service to paying customers for no money. Um, so, no, no, I guess... No, for Alex, for exposure. For exposure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tom does have a lot of Instagram followers. It's pretty reasonable. I mean, um, positive exposure, also just exposure, exposure. Which yeah, like, yeah, yeah, if you're not good. Yeah, if yeah. you're if you're profusely sweating into your bad butchery, then it's sure. just too much Cur- exposure. Curing, it's curing meat. That's all you do. It's, uh, <laughs> really, in the most natural possible way. Uh, it is. I will say that, like, I think of the people that uh, go into these different settings, like the people in Tom's world, have it the worst because Tom mm. has both the most like severe and like undercutting style of like dropping by like he just <laughs> is, like that terrible like open-ended question like you're really gonna do it like that yeah oh my did God. you did you ask how we wanted that yeah because <laughs> we didn't you know actually that's not that's not how we do it here yeah and then if you're doing decent to okay he will go into dad mode and be like well here what you're really gonna want to do is this but yeah. like most of it is just those like those weird like flat questions where yeah. just like, hearing you oh. describe this is stressing me so stressing out so much just the idea of tom showing up in my kitchen while i'm cooking <laughs> yeah and just being super passive critical mm-hmm. passive critical that is exactly what it is also, it was a really long challenge compared to the other ones. That's true. Instead of 45 minutes, you have most of a day. Yeah. I, well, yeah. until until you do well enough to leave or do bad, like bad enough to leave, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. True. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a great indicator. And Tom's right. This is a great indicator of how you are as a chef, how you are under pressure and, and in these kind of situations. And the problem is that, you know, service at craft is like a well-oiled swiss watch you know and so you're trying to jump into something that you how don't know anything be, about how much i was just gonna ask they put a lot of, it's a small lots, space yeah, lots of oil super. that's what they always say about swiss watches is There's their oil the oil is just streaming off of them yeah that's what, that's what the essence for it's a oils <laughs> yeah otherwise it'd be called a whiss watch <laughs> oh um, um, Kyle, i yammered over you like five minutes ago did you want to say something <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I uh, that oil riff really took you out of it, huh, Kyle? Sorry, man. I got nothing about oil. Um, I do. It does. Yeah, I do wonder how the like actual employees felt about the day where they're just trying to do their jam- their stupid jobs, and there's all these um, bumbling people getting in the way and cameras. Um, At least it was in L.A. and not New York, so there was actually room in the kitchen. Very true, and probably all of those people were used to being around cameras um huh. i i felt like 
um, I get I do wonder a little bit about the the cooking on the line as a representative of how you're going to do on the show because you never work the line or you, I guess you do for restaurant wars and yeah. and that's pretty much it you like mostly it's a catering show and your actual ability to produce on the line might not be the most indicative um, I think it was about technique yeah um I you know highlighting he, certain techniques that he thought are are important yeah also he kept saying like how you move through the kitchen so it was sort of like and, and he talked about like getting in there or being timid like he really wanted you to take initiative so there's there's some other maybe more emotional components that he was looking for sure um it is really interesting that he just loved even though he like knows and it seems like maybe doesn't entirely respect john tisar he um was very impressed with his fish work and just like slid him through real quick yeah like clearly you know what you're doing alex i believe it's called fish work I'm going to be trying to be more like you when I watch this season and just try to combine more just words as they no, come no, up. No, just do what you can to survive. Uh, it's, it's a rough <laughs> role. Um, I, 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 when I saw John, though, actually, I had, I think, warm feelings because I feel like I remembered him from John 2.0, where he evolved. Yes, that, that he happened, did right? evolve. This Although is John 1.0. We need to remind annoying. ourselves. Yeah. Wasn't he still annoying when he evolved? Uh, I felt like you could see that he was trying. And like I, I felt like I had a lot of empathy for him on the second term around, if I remember. Um, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I it, there, you know, it's just such an awful entrance to be like, I'm the most hated chef in Dallas. It's just a, it's just a like you're you're trying. They, they were trying to cast him as a villain. They put him on to be a villain, and he was like, "Fine, I'll be the villain." And it's I just don't like that. I just don't need villains on my show. Yeah, um, no, yeah he comes back from Charleston in season fourteen. Yep, and, and yep, he did, yep. He did pretty well. Yep. I mean, I think this is where we're still seeing some of that, like, interest in drama tailing off. Yeah. Because, I mean, Bravo really had quite the stable of, like, extremely dramatic crap going on as far as their... I mean, and I think to an extent they still do. Like, that, their, their shows still run on arguing. Um, and I think Top Chef used to follow more closely in that tradition and and ultimately, like, has, has veered away. But we, we're still kind of in that when we're in this particular season. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, okay, one other question from the Tom's thing was: Is it did it strike anybody else as weird that Lizzie got sent to pasta right away? No, I just thought everybody had to go to a place when and they couldn't all go to in, the same place. He was he he had the woman go make pasta, and then all four men immediately was sent to butchery. Hmm. And I think that was probably editing because we also saw Lizzie do some work with uh, proteins as well. Um, I remember, I remember just, seeing her do risotto later, but I think everyone went everywhere for a brief time. They just highlighted certain interactions. I think they were I mean, smuggling through the kitchen. It would make yeah. sense if they did that because she nailed pasta, and most of yeah. the guys messed up their butchery. So, like, yep, it, those are probably good edits. It was just the way it the way it came off right away. I was like, it just seemed like a little strange. Hmm. I was just wondering. But yeah, um, Jarrell did his the, did the classic Top Chef mistake of saying the only thing I do all day is butchery. Um, pretty much that combined with a mustache leads you to immediately messing up butchery on the show. Yes. Oh my gosh. What if you said as a tactic, uh, oh, sorry. Maya's getting her hair done. Oh, pigtails. My hair done. Yeah. You want, you want some pigtails More pony? This is the the question. I'm almost, Oh, pony would be perfect. Uh (laughs) Open your eyes. Ezra. Um, what I was going to say is what if you said like, Hey, I have a restaurant that all they do is get people eliminated too early from reality shows. (laughs) 
uh, I really should nail this. And then you have to stick around forever and you just win. You can't do it. You can never go home. Yeah. yeah I'm so good at getting I'm, my, my exit interviews are perfect. <laughs> I, I could, I seriously, I could leave. I could pack my knives with my eyes closed. <laughs> I should really get this right. Cut to yeah. you clattering your knives on the floor. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was Tom's challenge. Uh, he took three of five over in Emerald's world. Emerald is going to give you 45 minutes to make a soup. Yeah. And this makes me so happy because my parents went to uh, Emerald's restaurant in New Orleans around this time. And my dad just could not stop raving about how this great the soup was. He just had like the best soup of his life from Emerald. And so I really enjoy watching Emerald come in and talk about soup. And he was like poetic about the way he described soup. He was like, like, like the way Tom was talking about the skills he's looking for. Emerald's like soup is perfect. Soup is like people underestimate it, but it's got subtlety. It's got building of complex flavor. Like he really likes soup. It was great. It was it's a like very a moving food. soup. You discussion. can drink it. It's like a smoothie, <laughs> but in a bowl. Perfect. It's a great perfect proof food. point for skills. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, also, that's one thing I'm excited about for this season. Is I just love Emerald on yeah. this show. He, yeah. He's, yeah. I, I did not have the warm feelings I wanted to towards Wolfgang. No, he's no. fired. He is fired. And so many, <laughs> yeah, did not play in 2012 and does not play now. Yeah. I am so ready for him to take his comparisons of show, of stoves to women and go back to the airport. But um, but Emerald yeah, seems great. We're, we're still on Emerald. Emerald's doing fun. He's he's great. We got to see um, um, best friends Kristen Kish and Stephanie Seymour get. It's always such a delight to see them and oh. tasteful spoon tattoos. Yeah, yes. I really think yeah. like if you got to get a spoon tattooed on you, it's gonna be that one. It just looks mm. great. <laughs> also, yeah, so many chefs do the chef knife on their forearm, the spoon, especially yeah. when you're cooking soup for emerald it was just like what a great tattoo you chose Guys, yeah. what is your forearm chef tattoo real quick oh mm. i mean i guess mm. it would be weird it would be creepy and weird to get the spoon because obviously i'm not best friends with Kristen and yeah Stephanie. there's nothing worse than like <laughs> two best friends really matching tattoos <laughs> and then a third person who shows up with the spoon tattoo if i ever like, met I'm a best them friend i would have too, to wear right? very long sleeves <laughs> just one Hey guys, me too, right? Me too. Who who are you? Spoon <laughs> buddies. You can't sit with us. Uh yeah. Um yeah, what is another I mean, I don't feel like a chef tattoo is the tattoo I should get. I think a loaf of bread. Like yeah. a brown oh, bread. That's a nice. baguette, maybe. Yeah. Ooh, a baguette. That's yeah. Fun. Or if I just want a bull and have it just like wrap around the forearm. Wrap around bull. Wrap around bull, you know. <laughs> that's like your street yeah, yeah. name. <laughs> oh yeah, like or you could do it around your bicep, like as if it was um, barbed wire. Barbed wire, yeah, bulled wire. <laughs> <laughs> Not effective security, day, like, and the e- birds love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there a way I could have like instead of on my forearms, I could just do it on my ankles, just like kind of a mess? Oh. Could I just like tattoo a lot of like crumbs falling off? Like maybe I could have like like knife and fork on my arms, and then my feet are like, oh, look all the crumbs you made. Mm, like like a, like a Costco like tattoos of Costco samples, like or like, yeah. like wrappers. Yeah, just like a messy mise en place all over my body. Great mm. oh. to enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this this riff was great. Good good work. <laughs> great question. You again. Thank you. Um. So, uh, Stephanie is eliminated from this one yeah. um, because her cauliflower soup does not taste enough like cauliflower, which is kind of rough since cauliflower's thing is not tasting like much. Um, 
Well, is it New Orleans? I thought she was in Boston. I thought Sorry. she was in New Orleans, but uh, uh, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> we know we'll see her again at least twice. Um, what's also eliminated on this one was oh Tina for her um, seafood and uh, chorizo soup being extremely garlicky. Yeah, just um, didn't didn't make yeah, it. He, he did not have a good time eating that. And on the surprising one, um, Jeffrey got through basically for just properly chilling his gazpacho despite the odds. People yes. are down for surprise chills. If you remember like the, the double the double iced uh like yeah, ceviche. The ice bowl, the ceviche. Never yeah, that forget. was epic. <laughs> yeah, how could we forget? Um yeah, that's a good point. But it basically, like the whole buildup was just him being like, "You'll never get a cold in time." What do you have a blast chiller in your pocket? Never happen. And then, whoo, bam! Yeah, he did it right. He poured it out into uh, hotel pans or cheap pans or whatever, and and got it yeah, there and got it and, cold enough. And yeah. yeah, good for you, Jeff. You're so right. It was Top Chef New Orleans. I apologize for doubting you. I mean, she's from Boston, but I know that's what got me confused. Uh, um, also, she's and Josh, I remember liking Josh. Okay, and uh, I forget. I, mean, I know he was around a lot. Look at the picture so I can remember who Josh is. Oh, no. Josh, bad news. Bad bad Josh. Oh, is he no. bad news? Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing about Josh. So let me just, I don't want to, as a slight spoiler, which is that um, Josh is a, um, a Southern dude with a red beard. And yep. so we're coming off of really liking Kevin on the previous yes. season yeah. and thinking, well, or two seasons ago? Season nine. Yeah. Two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh, Josh is clearly the new Kevin. And then it turns out he's like, He's like evil Kevin. He's like bad news Kevin. Yeah, it's a bummer. He turns out to be kind of a jerk. I think my my memory is like John Tisar rubs Josh the wrongest way. And so they fight a lot. And yeah, Josh is just kind of a a douche on this season, I believe, is my memory. So I wouldn't get too excited about it. I don't want you to use your good feelings about Kevin to rub them on Josh like I did. Okay. Well, I have good feelings about Kristen. She's going to go far, I think. Yeah, I believe in her. Yeah, like her, was it triple poach tendrils uh, that Emerald was like, why would you triple poach them? He was so intrigued. It turned out great. I think in general, and forgive me if we've already said this in so many terms, the soup challenge was the best challenge out of the three of them. I Mm -hmm. think it was the most what I want out of Top Chef. It was just like testing technique, testing like creativity. And it had the time constraint. It had the like pressure, but it wasn't like, how well can you butcher this chicken the way I want you to? Yeah, it was now it was Sarah, broad, it was individualized, and also Emerald's a great judge. Yeah, I guess I, I would, uh, Sarah. I'd like you to compare and contrast the soup challenge to the salad challenge at Hughes because I feel like they're very similar. Mm-hmm. And what about the soup challenge? Uh, did you like more than the salad challenge? Is it just the judging and the ultimately you like soup better than salad? Or no, I'm a salad gal forever. Uh, yeah, look but- at me. <laughs> yeah just in the words of that tall man whose name it Mark. <laughs> yeah no i think, I think oh, hugh, hugh said hugh oh. said i live on on salads look I at me yeah i, was like, I know uh, hugh was, wow. yeah we get it hugh you're skinny it's amazing it was like a tall man shape and i confused them um yeah. <laughs> because i think i think salad has more room for error because it's like misunderstood as like a, a boring dish and that's why someone like Brooke really excelled by like understanding that you want different flavors and textures, just like any other type of dish. But the soup one was interesting because of how you, the, the time component comes into play more, I think with how you layer the flavors um, and like who can develop what types of flavor under a time constraint, I think was, was very interesting. 
in that mm. regard. I don't know. I just responded totally. to it more. And also I got really stressed out in the salad challenge watching Danielle um, inflame those tomatoes. Yeah. Sure. So let's, let's just jump right into it. So we're talking about, so Hugh's challenge, um, Hugh Atchison is, is back on this season. He gives you 45 minutes to make a salad. So really we have a nice lunch spread between the two of them. Um, and uh, yeah, so Danielle made a grilled watermelon and um, dangerously burned tomato vinaigrette. Um, a little propane-y is yeah, never you know, something you want out of tasting note. Yeah, his his whole response was a little propane but very Texas, and that's good. I don't know if I want to eat any of those things you just described. Also, um, her technique of putting tomatoes on the grill and then just pouring hot oil directly into the flame um, was described by about to be eliminated Gina as being very amateurish and also very dangerous. And I will take her word for both of those things. I don't like it. Yeah. I, Gina really, yeah. Gina really stressed me out just because I couldn't remember whether or not she made it through. And she was generating an amount of drama in like the, like few seconds she was on the television that I was like, wow, we might have to deal with her. And yeah. The dramas per minute were off the chart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she might have a chef. She's a middle of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, uh, just, yeah I, was, was I was relieved but i also i feel like this the the appearance of hugh and his restaurant and his whole deal reminded me that there was a period of time where like hugh was around a whole lot and mm-hmm. that has that that era hath ended and i don't mm-hmm. remember if there were reasons or if he's just like quote-unquote busy or like I, he did kind of yeah they whether, kind of thinned yeah, but they also thinned with emerald and i don't think that was any there's not not necessarily anything dramatic they just kind of like went to instead of having this kind of like full-time secondary judges they went to just a bigger spread of secondary judges i feel sure sure i mean and also i yeah i think demographically like hugh and emerald are well i guess i think of hugh as being less of a them of the chef world than emerald but um i you know it's interesting to diversify and i think i think hugh's sort of pointiness on screen and like his his kind of like I don't know. He's just, he's mean in a very particular he's way. He's mean in a sort of Nilu way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait, but we love Nilu. Is that good? Uh, yeah, we I prefer think, Gail, Alex. I would say he's more, but I feel like Hugh has like this sort of like withering <laughs> style of meanness that like doesn't, it doesn't play well with a lot of repetition. And so I guess yeah. in my mind, there was some sort of conversation about like what, it, what flavor Hugh brings to the table every single time and how we might have had enough of that. Um, I, I can totally, I can totally see that. I know they've like cycled through trying to get mean judging. That was a thing. At least we don't have. This isn't the season with um, a British judge for no reason. Oh, um, yeah. Was it Toby? Toby, yeah, yeah I Toby. Know what I was yeah, Toby oh, was way Toby. too harsh. Um, and then that one time, didn't was it Roy Choi that they had on once, and he was like, "This sucked." And they were like, "All right, we we don't need you to come back. Thank <laughs> you for your thank Roy you for your Choi shirt, and that Italian grandmother hangout." Um, and they just say that things are terrible. Um, do you know that I, Hugh is Canadian? That's very much surprised me. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I do like Hugh a, a lot, actually. I, and I feel like he's a he definitely is a little mean, but he's also I like his opinions about food. I think he's he's um, very smart and has some like he he's like a good writer about food and 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 um, a good discusser of food on podcasts. Um, and I, I get, he's a little mean. He's also got like a decent sense of humor. Like his his question um when he found out that um bart was um a knight uh was super stupid was do you wear a suit of armor in the kitchen but then when he said no hugh made the best face and said that's good 
and I, that made me laugh. So yeah. you like saved a bad joke with a good reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I used to be a huge super fan. And then I think I just grew weary of, For sure. of what he was doing. Oh, yeah. in a super fan? Time. A super fan. Yeah, that's so right. So would you say maybe you, you hewed too close to the sun? I would I would argue that I did. I I was I was an Icarus in the Atchison universe. <laughs> um I I like the 45 minute salad challenge. It is interesting to see Brooke nail it, especially like we've talked about before with uh Brooke and, and Kish just being like clearly on a different level from everybody else because Hugh loved Brooke's salad. Yes. No one else really made a salad and they were all only okay. Um but almost everybody else just made like a side dish, mostly veg forward, but Bart just made lobster with asparagus, which is not <laughs> not even close. Um, they, they, were, but like, they were so good. It was like, it's a lot going on there. Bart was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was really compliment. No, that was an excellent way to own that. And it's wonderful that Sheldon doesn't know what seasonality is because he's from a place where the weather is always the same. And they don't grow much of their own food. You have to like import a yeah. ton of food to Hawaii. So yeah, yeah he's he's not as careful. I, yeah, that was such a great response too. It was like this is not seasonal, or this went out of season a couple months ago, but it's delicious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are mostly positive. Um, uh, Gina's was like weighty and overdone, and Gina's was the one where he he couldn't even muster a compliment. Like everyone else got something nice and he just could not. And he was just like, like it does look pretty like as he left. Was, oh, that's a, it was a really awkward interaction. It was so yeah. awkward. Yeah. She yeah. was trying. Oh yeah. That was when she was like, don't make me cry. And he was like, well, I could. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're here to do. Yeah. yeah. It was a very, yeah. She had, she had a comeback for all of his just like responses, which yep. was unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, and I also I was realizing that in this and it may be that we get the more of this in the next episode, but like in the first episode of Top Chef seasons and and I don't know if this is more of a later on thing, but we get more of everybody's resumes. And in this one, yes. everyone just kind of comes in a little bit blank, yeah. like sometimes like they'll they'll have like their current job listed, but you don't get like their full history, which I thought was really interesting, especially seeing someone like Brooke, who like we know now has like. Yeah already lived the life of like many chefs like you know like sort of a like a, a mellow vibe and like a ponytail and you're like oh who knows who this is but actually yeah. she's already like you know i kind of like that that they was just like mostly on your strength of your food today and they were mm -hmm. not the only thing clearly the only thing the judges were given is weird fun facts like so and so's a knight so and so live together yeah well, it's interesting we did get some like i guess random um, yeah like we did hear from sheldon a little right. bit more um but then also from uh that racist guy yeah um and i we heard all about his yelp reviews and i guess we got the the most hated chef in dallas yep i don't know yeah we saw a little bit of bio but not it as much kind of, but it was kind of random it was yep. like i i don't know i don't know what they were trying to yeah, Carla told us that she used to be married to somebody. The owner um, of, of Rouse. Yeah. Of the restaurant. Yeah. Um uh Carla Pellegrino, who may or may not have an advantage since she sponsors the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh but let's actually let's let's wrap up then with our last our last challenge, which is the Wolfgang Puck uh omelet challenge. So um 
Wolfgang, uh, as always, needs you to make something that can be grabbed and goad before you get on a, on a flight. Um, he asks everybody, he has, gives you 45 minutes to make an omelet. And uh, I think 45 minutes for soup is like difficult. 45 minutes for salad is like maybe a little bit too open-ended. And 45 minutes for an omelet is a trap, right? Yep. Like this yep. is a four-minute dish. You only have time to mess up in 45 minutes. Um and also, it's a dish. We don't want it to be too crazy creative. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the things we've kind of mentioned already. Wolfgang has some weird things that he thinks are cute to say. Um, yeah, it was disappointing because it, I was so charmed by the eggs, like his story yes. about why he's having everyone cook an omelet. That's yeah. such a charming story. And then he proceeded to uncharm me. <laughs> well, didn't, uh, maybe our Keeper of Memories can can chime in next week, but we had a Top Chef challenge at one point where it was make a perfect French omelet. And that, yes, that and, was sort of mixing in my memory with what Wolfgang's challenge was, but his challenge was very like, and it make, was a, not, make a it was mediocre omelet. French. It was higher steak on it. Or like, yeah. a, you know. And he watched me look the other way. Like, yeah. he just not, he didn't follow through on the like, intensity of what he yeah. said in his description it had to be perfect looking and they were all shit and he was just like Ooh. yeah he was fine I with it. Love it but even his omelet when he made his demonstration yeah. omelet was very brown yeah and and i think kind of like crumpled like I've, I've seen him uh on on the chef show he made like a very good uh, i think french omelet uh with with john fabreau and like this was much much worse of a demonstration and I, so do you think he did bad and the pan was too hot or do you think um because i i noticed this and megan suggested it's not a perfect french omelet it's a perfect austrian omelet oh and maybe they just make it browner in austria i don't know um you know austria weird, weird. where it's hotter well there is uh Kaiserschramm apparently is an Austrian emperor's omelet recipe. So classic. Uh, yeah, we all love an Austrian. <laughs> um, I yeah, this was to, this one was so strange across the board, and and I totally agree with Megan that his his story about like going in bragging about how great he was, and the chef said, "Make me an omelet." Is just such a awesome origin story, um, and. I just don't get it how it worked out at all. Uh, we mentioned you mentioned the steak, Eliza, who I also have generally positive memories of, but um, from Denver, he said he says to her, "I'd like a steak," and then she makes him a steak, and then he's pleased with it, and that feels weird. Um, <laughs> just cooking. No one else was given the hint that he needed a steak on his omelet. Well, and just that he was like, "I'm hungry." It's <laughs> like a weird. Oh, weird well, yeah, you're in a you're in a kitchen. Maybe like tamp that down a little bit. <sighs> and it's, it was very strange. Um, it's, but uh, abusive to me, like walking around, mm-hmm, like messing mm-hmm. with people's minds a little bit, and then I don't know. I, it, plus, all the sexist comments, I was really yeah. upset with him. Yeah, it was, and I'm, it was bad. I'm, I'm not looking forward to him this season. No, do we get um, a is he just is he there the whole time? It's a good question. I don't remember how much Wolfgang we have the rest of the season, I but I don't. So. Yeah. I, think he's a, I think he's like. One of the judges. Hmm. By the way, I mean, this one's saying no spoilers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, programming note for uh, for all the fans. We don't remember eight years ago in Top Chef, so there could be anything. I have rewatched this more recently than that, and I still don't remember. So (laughs) I I cannot help you that much. My, I I am a. What's the opposite of a sieve? What's just like an open circle where everything goes through and nothing gets saved? A tube, my friend. A tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, a brain like a tube. 
that's what people always say about me so i just tube all this stuff it goes straight out um um yeah he was so weird i you know i uh, yeah i don't know i haven't i don't even want to say that much more about it um but yeah except for we got greasy daniel who was the only one who's who's uh omelet uh wolfgang couldn't find something to like about which was that he cooked it in bacon and was just covered in in grease although he did say if i closed my eyes i would have liked it which is not how greasiness works maybe it is you have to cover it with a salad yeah if you just put if you put an entire steak on top of it you wouldn't have noticed anyway also like one of the things on top chef is you can't just put something on top of a brown omelet they'll notice that's like the judge's thing you can't just hide this stuff and apparently you can with Wolfgang. he's got like object permanence with his omelet i just feel like they realized partway through this challenge that no one was gonna have a good outcome and they like pulled wolfgang aside and was were like listen these are all shit <laughs> but we actually need a certain number of people yeah we do need you to keep some of them so yeah. like just cut like the the absolute worst and like we'll deal with it let's get rid of the racist guy we need carla to be a, a semi-villain for the next few weeks that's why the steak order came in. It was like, what, well, can you do anything? It's like, well, I like steak. <laughs> you can make me a steak. Oh, that's like, a, she was the one who did, if I remember correctly, also, uh, Eliza did the, um, where she made the test omelet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in the process out loud of complimenting to Megan how great it was that she thought to do a test omelet when she said, oops, I put all of my prep in that omelet. Yeah. yeah. Let me just pick it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was really so alarming. Mm. Yeah, do you not understand how tests work? You like, well, sure, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a test on the whole thing right now, and if it doesn't work, I'm done. That's not <laughs> a great this, way to do it. Better work, otherwise I'm screwed. Yeah, <laughs> this test rocket for long go to the moon. Also, we need. And if that- it does work, <laughs> if it does work, then she's just like on the moon and can't get back in time for the challenge. <laughs> It's very strange. Anyway, um, so uh, everybody but Daniel got through, and we have a group. We have, um, yeah, uh, we have a, f- a full run of six, 12, 15 chefs, and soon to be more. We're going to add some, some more cruft next week, but we do have. It is just nice to see some of our favorite people. See Brooke and Chris and, and Sheldon back on the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Um, and then just some nice supporting players all around and. Just say say goodbye to Seymour for now, and we'll see her again soon. I, I also really like Lizzie. Yeah, there's some there's yeah. some nice stuff. I feel like maybe this is a good one in context, I guess, where it's like, yeah, it was really helpful to kind of remember, like, oh, what was season nine like, and that this is maybe like a necessary step to get it, you know, in line with the stuff. Yeah, this is a talking. rebuilding year. Yeah, right. And and, and like, <laughs> we kind of are maybe spoiled on you know, this past season of All Stars and like how it's been, but like yeah, this is the the moving away from the drama and and, and uh, yeah, it just it's not there yet, which is why I think there's a lot to not like about it. Uh, but but yeah, I think this is probably a in context maybe a necessary step. I don't know. Yeah, you guys all seem like you enjoyed this episode, whereas yes. I. I really was bored through the whole oh. thing. I really didn't enjoy it at all. I liked seeing my favorite people, um, but I just was—I just thought it was a snooze fest. I really didn't huh. care about. So interesting. Out yeah, the, I. Yeah. I certainly like it intellectually. I did enjoy it, and I also like the idea of um, this little play in where it, I just liked the—I liked the the intimacy. I like seeing chefs in their own kitchen. I like see, seeing crafts service actually run a little bit i like seeing like just tom move around a kitchen 
Um, and I liked them getting their own like stories of what they care about and why they want to see that thing. Um, yeah. But I'm curious, Sarah, what, what were some turn offs for you about yeah. this, this style of episode? I didn't feel like I got to know the chef's food. There was no opportunity. Oh, completely fair. And, yeah. I, yeah. And, you know, and maybe that's, you know, the case with most first episodes, but at least there's some sort of spark in the first episode usually where I'm like, oh, I want to see more from this person. And I yeah. just don't get that except for maybe Brooke and Chris. Yeah. And- you get a little bit from Kish too with the triple yeah. poaching. I mean, like yeah. I don't have the energy to double bake a potato. I'm always like, why would you twice bake it when your halfway product is already a delicious baked potato? Yeah. Oh, dude. And- no, you're missing out. No, I, I mean, maybe I am, but also I've already got a baked potato and I don't have to wait. So okay. who's really... Rice baked potato <laughs> gets rid of the bitterness. <laughs> yeah, I, I we definitely saw like mostly like her and Brooke uh, as far as like actually getting to see who like what they're. Yeah, and like. I think most first episodes you probably get you know three times or four times as many chefs who are cooking like that and get you excited. <clears throat> but I don't know. I I think coming off of this last season, maybe I was spoiled. Yeah. yeah, I think we all we all are for sure spoiled. Speaking of that, let's normally we would end with some bold predictions um, here. And since we've seen fuzzy it, memories? yeah, do you, <laughs> I tried fuzzy memories up at the top. So I don't know if we can even do that now. Neil Chihuly. I, That's what I remember. Yep. Chihuly. Very important. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, Chris Pratt and his wife being very funny in the Chihuly. Place. Yeah, that's good Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, before so, he became like creepy, maybe eventually politician Chris Pratt. Is that, that what's happening? Well, he's married to Katherine Schwarzenegger, and it feels oh. like there are weird things brewing. That's all I'll say about that. Oh, this is this yeah. pre pre-jacked Chris Pratt when he was still married. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. This is Dewey Andy Dwyer. Yeah, and Anna Faris, who is also extremely funny in her own right, and should get oh, a my name gosh. beyond being the wife of Chris Pratt. Oh, absolutely. Now ex-wife. Yeah. But, yeah. Interesting. Um, well, so we have that. Um, if I, if you guys were all going to go to Seattle and design a challenge, where's the first place you would go for season, for I guess episode two? What's the most Seattle thing you could possibly do? Mm. You know what? I don't, I know they have stuff with like gooey ducks, but I actually would have loved to see them just like go to the shore and actually like talk to some of the like fishermen and like clamor stuff around there it's i know they brought like the little gooey duck boxes into the kitchen for a challenge because they teased that um at the end of the episode and i think they go to like a mussel farm right but yeah, like, they go to oh yeah that could be oysters or something yeah because yeah. i just remember brooke falling down in the mud and it was fun yeah but it just it feels like they they i would have loved for them to like either go to the water or like go to a farm in like the Skagit Valley because either of those two places would give you a much better handle on like the ingredients that usually take like center stage in what we think of as like I don't know I guess Northwest cooking better than like Pike Place Market God bless it has a lot of those things in one place but it's not necessarily like the truest representation of of that food, I guess. No, I, I totally see that. And I, I, I understand what you're saying about uh, cuisine, but you are wrong. The answer is Space Needle. You got to go cook no, in the Space Needle. I was needle. thinking about this. That's what, everyone, that's what everyone expects, right? You want to go, but instead of that, we should go to the lowest point in Seattle. Like, I think you have to like go like underground somewhere in a sewer. 
because sure. like that's what true Seattle is, not the highest you have to point. Put in the underground tour, like they have the ghost to- tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could definitely do that. That would be <laughs> fine. I the guess I sort underground? of terrible. Comedy I I, I would have appreciated, and I realize this is you know. Uh, everything is being judged against things they then did like eight years later, which is extremely rude, but, but because that's what we're doing, I would have liked it if we had been able to see like more of the neighborhoods of Seattle. And I think this is true of most cities that they all have like their own little districts. But to me, a big part of Seattle is that they like all of these like little autonomous areas are kind of the fabric of the city. And we don't, spend any time doing any of that like you just don't see anything other than just kind of like the big boring like city like sort of boxy city crap that's like not really what you what people who like seattle like about seattle yeah like go to the south end go to like you know some of the most diverse zip codes in the entire country yeah i see what you're saying and there is so much good like like pho is incredible in seattle there's just like so much good cuisine from so many different or a big teriyaki challenge oh my gosh we have such good teriyaki in seattle like there's just yeah there's just a lot that like I think if you spend, you, you don't have to live in Seattle very long to understand that there's a lot of really dope food that you can get there that isn't just like Tom Douglas. And I totally, I, I hear what you're saying, so but I think out. what you meant was go to the Space Needle. Yeah. I think the right answer right. is go to Which the Which is space basically needle. a Wolfgang Puck restaurant in the sky. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've it's we've all had people visit Seattle. We've all had to go to the Space Needle for one reason or another. It's not very good. It does turn though, and I like any restaurant that turns. It's a gimmick. It's a good uh, gimmick for everyone. Is there like a super touristy thing in your town uh, where you're living now, where you kind of have to take people to when they're visiting? Uh, back when people visited, uh, that is actually like you enjoy and is worth it for you. That holds up. Yeah, oh. Grand Central Station in New York. Yeah, that is. Pretty yeah, dope. that's pretty rad. And the High Line too. Honestly, yeah, I don't ever get tired of going to the High Line. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a little hard for us because we yeah, moved here. We cannot answer this question. And was yet. we're like when you're in Portland, then yeah, we have to go with Portland because in LA we moved here just in time to be locked down. I mean, the Rose Garden is pretty nice. Yeah, the Rose Garden is like is definitely the a touristy thing that I think holds up. Um, sort of the opposite of the market. Saturday market can piss off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Rose Garden. It's definitely rad. Um, it's the International Rose Test Garden, and they actually have some pretty innovative roses they're testing out and they use their whole mise en place to do it but it's worth it <laughs> it's good, it's good yeah what about you as uh i mean back when we lived in san francisco i actually legitimately liked taking people to alcatraz because it's a pretty cool tour like uh yeah like you, get, like you get you get a boat in both directions you get to walk around you get i like that about it. <laughs> i don't know it's a bonus boat like you, boat like, rides yeah yeah you don't get stuck there uh i don't know and, and there's also like um the ferry the, building the ferry building is good yeah like that yeah. just like a, yeah. a good, whole good vibe around that uh and yeah that audio the audio tour along with alcatraz i thought was just always very cool Ooh, japanese tea garden yeah so there, there's oh, yeah. There. i don't know i so i would sarah i still have been more oh sorry oh yeah yeah sir kyle um, I would say the Griffith Observatory, probably. Yeah. Still really want to go. Yeah. You took me on that hike. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's just when I was beautiful. visiting. It's just yeah, it, it's the really nice observatory itself is rad as hell and just like a gorgeous building and free to go in and wander around. And the views are, are beautiful, even when it's um, hazy out. And I believe there's a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. Alex, you're a troll. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really think there is, though. <laughs> Like I'm ninety nine percent sure there is. It is great, but there's like no. There's yes, I think there's like he has. It's like the Wolfgang Puck 
um, ice cream stall or something. There is not. There is not. <laughs> I can drop <laughs> it. It's called Our, omelets and more. No, zoning laws. It's just they're, they're structurally necessary, I think, for any new. Yeah. I mean, cafe at the end of the universe puck. is the. By, like, Sarah, Cafe at the end of the universe by Wolfgang Puck, located in the observatory's lower oh level in the Gunther depth of space exhibit. Oh. Well, that's not an ice cream stand, Alex. I think we're both right. <laughs> well, no, if you look at it, it's actually like does have soft serve and coffee, but it's also a salad bar. Okay, okay. Oh, I, no. I admit, I admit. Notably, not an omelet bar. <laughs> Grab and go items are available till nine. I mean, it's the most Wolfgang Puck thing ever. Wow. Uh, anyway. Well, oh. clearly I've never been to the lower level. I, I, admit, I admit my wrongness. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Everything else about it is pretty rad up there, though. But anyway, the uh, yeah, Kyle, tell us about yours. Uh, I mean... Grand Central Market is a fun thing to go through. It's like, yeah. it's, a, it's an excuse to go downtown because you could go there, eat at some cool places, and there's also a really good bookstore nearby. So it's sort of like the easiest multiple stop reason to head to yeah. a place you wouldn't go any other time. You can get ice cream. Mm. Bunch of good stuff in there. Yeah, these are all good. These are all solid. Ez, did you do one? You did yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Right around here, uh, like, like Martinez isn't really like known for a thing. Uh, right. So I don't know. Go to a farmer's market. Uh, there's a waterfront. Uh, John Muir's house, I think, is around here. So that's kind of oh. cool. Say hi to John. He's dead. Oh, he's very Say dead. goodbye to him. No, I'm he's sorry. No, does, been gone a long time. Hundred. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Wave to his bed. All right. Well, anyway, um, we are, instead of those things, we're going to go next week to the Space Needle. So that's our bold prediction. So everybody buckle up. Um, feel free to send us an uh, email. I know it's a little bit different for feedback uh, on a season that's already happened. But if you're watching along with us and you want to give us your thoughts at the end of an episode, we still are recording Sunday morning. So you can send us an email before that. Um, mailbag at packyourmics.com and on our website and our socials and stuff. Um, and as a reminder, if you're a listener living in the United States, uh, all of the back seasons of Top Chef are on Hulu. That is correct. Uh, also, is, if you're a listener living in the United States, wear a mask, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> please. I want my kids to go back to school, please. Yeah, oh, we want that for you, too. Um, yeah, guys. Yeah, seriously. Um, if you're listening to this, I assume you're like better. And so you're probably I don't know. I just our people are probably not the problems. Um, but, uh, oh, actually that also reminds me, um, we already know how this ends. So Chris, this is obviously not a big surprise to you. <laughs> oh Sorry. no. What do you mean? I was going to go to the finale. I'm here to win. No, actually we, if here's the thing, if I didn't, if I couldn't see you, I would enjoy you. Oh no. Oh, I close my eyes. I would like you, but I'm going to have to ask it. you to pack your mics and stay home. This is so much more awkward by the fact that we all have matching tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Sarah and Kyle. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being here as and Sarah. Hi. Yeah. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your pony day. And Chris and Tanya, clink spoon tattoos, and we'll talk to you all next week. Clink, clink. Woo. Bye. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.